This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, it's another fabulous, fabulous, not fabulously, but that sounds good, uh, publishing day. <laughs> and here we are in the heart, heart of summer as we go around. And I can't think of a better idea for a show at this time is to talk about disruption, a little bit about disruption. And we have with us an amazing, amazing author uh, amazing futurist, someone who has been there, done that as an author. Daniel Burris is the New York Times bestselling author of not one, two, three, four, five, six, but let's go for seven books. His latest book is The Anticipatory Organization. Oh, Dan, I've screwed it up already because I shorthanded it. <laughs> I love it. Um, the anticipatory organization, hopefully I said that right, um, and that what you'll do is he's going to show us how to take change and disruption and turn it into an amazing opportunity and advantage, which is a subtitle. He's one of the world's leading experts in technology and innovation, and one of the things that Dan has done is he has become a number one, listen to this, number one bestseller in China, which is very hard to do, to be able to even verify that. So stay tuned. We are going to be focusing on your author success, how you can take your book and take it into, really, right now we're in a, in a chaotic, disruptive environment, how you can take advantage of that and turn it into a golden opportunity for you. So, Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you. All right, so would you say your title right since I screwed it up? Well, that's all right. Uh, I started this company, uh, believe it or not, 36 years ago, Burris Research, and uh, that is my sixth company. Uh, so I've speeches and doing consulting for those 36 years and as you mentioned uh have written uh, seven books as well as i've got several newsletters and i've done some interesting things with newsletters as well as well as other publications so i think uh, this is uh, i'm excited to be with you to uh help people learn how to be innovative in their uh, book marketing strategy so they can do things they maybe didn't even think they could do which I like to do. I mean, I like to, I like them to, to reinforce things that they thought they could do, but they had been stuck. Which, as you know, Dan, you and I have been around authors for a long time. Dan and I go back, I'm going to say almost 40 years now. And oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> the old NSA days. And we go back and going along when he was just, uh, my, my introduction was Dan when he was doing a presentation and all this thing, this little gadget comes on stage and it was a robot. And I thought, how frickin' cool is this? 
Um, and that was my introduction really to um, the everyday technology that we're going to start using. Now, Dan speaks globally, and he does it in a hologram. I mean, it's like, beam me up, Dan. It's amazing, everybody. So, Dan, let's talk about authoring. If you go back to when you first came out with your very first book, um, your Techno Trends book, I think it was called, was it Techno Trends? Yeah, that wasn't my first book, but that was oh. uh, the first book that was through uh, uh, Harper uh, and uh, Harper Business. And that was so that was the first one that I did that way. But I did something very innovative before that that might be worth describing just to stimulate our creativity here. If that makes well, sense to you. No, yeah, let's go. Let's start from the beginning. All right. So um, I started uh, this Again, 36 years ago, so we're now back in the 80s. And um, yep. I started a newsletter immediately that I charged for, by the way. It wasn't free, and I still publish it to this day. Got many, 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 many thousands of subscribers around the world, so that's uh, been very good. And um, uh, when I did my first uh, book in the 80s, uh, and that was before Technotrends, I needed to stand out. I needed to do something unique. So what I did is I published... Four books on four different subjects all simultaneously because nobody ever did that. And I thought, okay, well, then I'll do that because I need to stand out. And um, uh, one was called, uh, uh, and by the way, what I did was instead of self-publishing, which was an option back in those days, or instead of going to a major publisher like I did with Technotrends uh, and Harper, I wanted control over this. Uh, but I didn't want to self-publish. So what I did is I found the biggest publisher of academic books in the nation, Kendall Hunt, and uh, I said, look, I want you to be my publisher, and they were glad to do it because, you know, I was given 100 speeches a year and I'd been doing it for uh, a number of years, and uh, I said, here's what I'll do. You can have all of the rights to all of the libraries and all of the universities because that was their market, and I'll have everything else. And they said, great, because we don't care about business. We just care about libraries and the university. So I said, good, perfect. So Kendall Hunt published them. All four were released simultaneously. One was called The New Tools of Technology. Another one was called Medical Advances. Another one was called Environmental Solutions. And another one was called Advances in Agriculture. Um, I picked agriculture because that was a big market for me back then. I picked medical advances because healthcare was a big market. I picked the environmental solutions because that was on people's minds. And I picked the new tools of technology because that was my main subject I was talking about. And uh, they did extremely well because uh, I had control over publishing those and it gave me a uniqueness. It gave me a story to take to the press. And, um, and they did well. Each one of those was, uh, you know, they, each one of those books sold well over 100,000 copies and, and did well. Um, and then, so that's how I got started. Um, with Technotrends, uh, that was a Harper book. Uh, I now needed to get published at a, with a major publisher. And the biggest one at that time was Harper. Uh, by the way, Judith, let me just interrupt myself and make sure, should I just keep <laughs> rattling on here or should you, I let you, you ask me you, a question? No, I will, I will, I want you to keep, I'll talk, interact with you when I want to jump in. But, but I also did a book with Kendall Hunt. 
years. Oh, he did. Oh, thanks. I did years and years. And, I mean, in the eighties. Yeah. And I'm going to roll it for everyone because back in the eighties, that when Dan is mentioning self-published, the um, uh, the options for self-publishing were mediocre at best. We're, we're talking mediocre, and it was really all vanity press. So you didn't want to go down because. Well, we all knew what Vanity Press looked like, and they were all poo-pooed. There was a huge stigma attached to them. So Dan was absolutely, you know, my first note I wrote down is you've got to pick your major market, your big market. I love that phrase, big market, that big market, and then you go to it. And that, and Dan knew he had agriculture, he had healthcare, he, you know, he had the four of them that he was going to. And you may not have four books ready to pop at once, listeners, but you may have one. So where are, where is your public there? And that's where you go. It sounds really basic, doesn't it, Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something else that a, uh, that someone mentioned to me, uh, very early, and it was very useful for me, and that, uh, that was, uh, don't try to teach everything you know in one book. It won't do well. And that was really helpful for me because I think when you're starting out, you start putting all your stuff in there and there's too much. So one of the little insights that I'll share is that maybe you think you're trying to do one book, but maybe you have one with several books and you think it's one book, but maybe by breaking them down into several other uh, several shorter books or maybe several different subject books they might even do better so just a food for thought well i think that also i'm going to add on to that i've been saying this for now maybe three years in a row short is the new black and that you want shorter books you don't want three and four hundred page books like we used to do all the time i mean i've got a 400 page tome for healthcare. you know the next one i did on healthcare, i think dan was like 160 pages um, I still could charge $29 for the book, but it was, it, it just short is better. People want nuggets and bites to come into. And I think that that's just wise. It's just called another book. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, you you were on a roll. We got, we have two minutes for our first break, but that, so you picked your market and then you transitioned to Harper yeah, and, uh, and yeah. how I so we got two minutes. Let me just give how I transitioned in that two minutes, and then we can come back on it. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I needed an agent, and I we could talk if you want on how I found an agent, and uh, because I I think if you're going to get to the big publishers, that's what you're going to need. So I found an agent, and uh, after finding that agent. I ended up uh, getting Harper to give me, in a relatively short amount of time, a very big advance. And uh, we can talk after the break about uh, the, I could tell you about why it was a big advance. But what was interesting is I said, uh, boy, you gave me this big advance. You made the decision very quickly. Uh, What made you make that decision so fast? And let's remember, this was in 1992. And they said, oh, it was your video proposal. We had never seen one before. So, ah. and uh, now I gave them a written proposal, exactly what they were used to. And remember, got to remember, this isn't today's world of video. This is back in 1992. So I did a highly produced, total quality uh, video uh, talk, that 
that covered what the book was and the market for the book, I made it a video proposal. And by the way, they ended up buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies from me. It became a profit center to give to their sales reps in marketing my book. So it helped me get a good proposal. I made money on it and, uh, and I stood out and got a big advance and I was the, uh, their lead business book that year. Great. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out... You will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoru.org. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and e-zine at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is Dan Burris. He is the author of, of seven books, 
multiple New York Times bestseller. His latest book is The Anticipatory Organization, Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity Advantage. And that's what we're talking about today, how you can turn whatever chaos, whatever disruption is going on into your advantage to become a truly successful author. So what Dan was doing is we uh, we kissed up and threw through our our lead out is that he was talking about how he had sold his first book uh, when he transitioned um, to Harper. So, Dan, I'm going to throw it back to you, and you can finish that part of your story. Yeah, so at the time uh, when I went to Harper, uh, and Harper picked up, obviously we were shopping it to others, but Harper was the big one at the time. And uh, and I had just mentioned before the break that I made a video proposal instead of just a written proposal. And I did that, why? Because no one ever thought of that. I want to do things nobody ever thought of because I want to stand out and because I don't like to compete. And, uh, and so I did what the competition, I would rather be the competition than compete with the competition. And that's something that we could all do. Uh, you don't have to have a big budget to do it. You just have to think about it. So um, at the time, the average business advance uh, was probably around 15000 or so. If you were a good speak, a good author and you had books already, you were getting eighty, maybe 100000 unless you were in the stratosphere. And again, I had done four of those Kendall Hunt books before, but hadn't done a, uh, a major house. And uh, they very quickly decided to do it. They gave me a quarter million to do it, which was not bad for that first one. And again, I think it was the video proposal. And then what I did, uh, and I think this is worth sharing, is how did I make it uh, work really well? Well, at the time, there was the the big book expo. They changed the name of it. Uh, I don't know what they call it today, but it was the... Uh, uh, you know, the, the one where all the books. Right. It's where all, well, and it's changed so much, but it's still known as Book Expo. Yeah. So when, uh, back then, I, uh, that's, there were 10,000 people there. It was giant, big, huge auditorium, uh, you know, filled with all the publishers and everybody hawking their books and authors in there. And Harper obviously was going to be there. And I was a, a lead business book. I had got it positioned that way. So. Uh, what I did was I said, why do all the effort of writing a book and only have one product? So the book was called Technotrends, and it was I based it on a card game metaphor. So I got U.S. Games to publish the card game version. I had a video version. I had a newsletter version. I had an audio version. I had a video version. I had six simultaneous versions of the book all launching by the lead publisher of those platforms all at the same time. So here's what I did with U.S. Games, just to give you a quick one. So I knew Harper was going to be there. I knew, and I went to U.S. Games, leading card game publisher, who does get into bookstores, by the way. And yes, I said, they do. Uh, I do. And I said yeah. to them, I said, hey, you know, uh, Harper's going to be there. I'm their lead book. Don't you think you ought to be there? And they said, oh, yeah. So they got a booth. They got in there. And I said, what are you going to do to stand out? And uh, because, hey, Harper's there and I'm their lead book. So they said, well, here's what we'll do. We'll buy the back page of Publishers Weekly uh, and put your Technotrans card game on the back and it'll be handed out to everybody there. Plus, it's the back of Harper's Weekly. We'll buy the back page. And I said, good. So then I went to the Harper people and I said, you should hear what the card game people are doing. They're buying the back page. What are you going to do? And they said, oh, oh. 
Well, uh, we'll publish a 40-page mini book of techno trends, giving them how we're going to market it, how we're going to what we're going to spend on it, the tour, and all of that stuff, and a couple of sample chapters, and give it to everybody. How's that? And I said, oh, that's good. So I went back to the U.S. Games people and said, you should hear what Harper's doing. What are you going to do? <laughs> and so U.S. Games said, well, we're going to make a banner that's the biggest banner anyone's ever seen. We're going to hang it from the top of the entire convention center going down. It'll have your Technotrends card game on it. What do you think of that? And I said, good. Well, you get the idea. I went back and forth and back and forth between all of them, and they made it gigantic. Now, I could have sat around and done nothing, but I didn't. And you know what, Dan, that's, well, you had a tipping point, but that's a tipping point for everybody. If you're going to sit on your tush and do nothing, guess what? Nothing will happen. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's the truthiness. Mention one other quick thing. Because I was a speaker, I ended up getting a chance, I leveraged it, and got a chance to speak to them. So here I am, the author of Technotrend, speaking to all the bookstore owners at their big meeting. And uh, by the way, you can still get the audio of that. That was two years before Amazon was started. And in that speech, you can hear me say, in two years, there's going to be a virtual bookstore. And I said, well, any of you could do this. Uh, the technology is there. But I don't think any of you will do it. You'll be too busy doing what you've always done. It'll probably be somebody from the outside. Bingo. We had Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, remember, I mean, I just remember all that. And actually, I remember listening to that tape of your speech that you did, um, years ago, because I was just entranced with the whole technology, even though I'm not that kind of a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it was an amazing type of thing that people sat on it. And still, so much of traditional publishing is still based on the depression model. It blows me away. It blows yeah. me away. Yeah. yeah, well, you got to think abundance. And I probably could have, I have many manuscripts that I wrote and threw out, even though I, you know, finished the entire thing, uh, because you've got to decide what strategy you want. And some authors write many, 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 many books, and some write a few. And I decided, again, my strategy was I'd have rather have a few big ones than have a whole bunch of little ones. Now, again, I'm just giving you my strategy. So in between is where I had other publications. I had newsletters I charged for. I had reports, special reports, all kinds of things, which you can, by the way, make a lot of money on, not to mention a couple dozen audio books, which I were audio only and made quite a bit of money on. So there were ways of weaving it together. But what I'm getting at is I had a plan. I think, you know, Failing to plan is planning to fail, not a quote of mine, but a good quote. So I think you need a plan and uh, think of, you know, what is it is your path? By the way, there's no right answer. There's the answer that's right for you. Um, when go ahead. I, I was just going to say that's right. It, it, it's not one size fits all, everybody. It's not one size fits all. What works for me, you may think, oh, my God, I could never go through that. And I might hear something you're going through, and I'm thinking, no way I'm going to go down that path. you got to find your fit, your fit. Yeah, and I had a, I did have a good platform because I was indeed speaking. Yes, yeah, speaking. Uh, during, uh, you know, for a 20-year now, I've been speaking for 36 years, but for the first 20 of those 36 years, I was giving 100 speeches a year, and my average audience size was probably about 1,000. 
Well, that's 100,000 people a year that's hearing me. So that's a pretty good market share right there. And, um, you know, and I'm still giving, you know, 60 some odd speeches a year, even at this point. So that's a, that gives you a, a platform, at least back in that time period. So my next book, uh, with, uh, oh, by the way, I also did some unique things in marketing, uh, that I think is valid to just talk about with back sure. with techno trends. Mm-hmm. One of the things I did was I, sometimes your book in the bookstore, uh, was, you know, it's binder out. In other words, instead of the face of the book out, it's just all you see is the little binder part. And I wanted it to stand out. So I was the first guy to put my, a picture of myself in next to the name of the book. Uh, why? Well, and nobody ever did that before. I would stand out. So I just did little things like that to try to be innovative and to stand out. And when they did the book tour, normally what they would do is they would arrange you to go in and sign books in a bookstore. You know, and they'd have people there and they'd stand in line. You'd sign books. Uh, I see it. I got three minutes. So with the three minutes left, here's what I did. Instead of going into one bookstore for an hour or two signing books for people in line, I went into all kinds of bookstores and I asked for the general manager. I had him pull out all of the copies of the book. I pre-signed them all and then taught their sales managers how to sell it. That took me a very little amount of time and I covered all the bookstores in every city. So um, instead of signing books and feeding my ego, what I did was I taught all of them how to sell books and also by signing all the books that they had in stock, they couldn't return them. So bingo. Yeah, and that was a you know a trick, Dan, that I came across back in the eighties. Also, if you pre-sign them in the bookstore, they don't go back; they will keep doing it. But I, I you know, some of the some of the best-selling authors. I, I remember talking with Susie Orman a gazillion years ago. We were speaking at a conference, and she said that when she first went out there, you know, if she had two people come in. That was a lot. So she decided that she would sit down with each one of the get little variation of what what questions might you have on personal finance? What what could I help you with? They became her evangelists, and that's what you know. It's that that connection showing how, but also if you can personify it, I think you can do a huge. A huge leap. I also love the idea that you just threw out. I don't know how many people wrote this down, but still today, Dan, when I and I get in bookstores a lot, um, I don't see authors' pictures on the spine. You're talking about putting the picture on the spine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So guess who's going to start doing that? Moi. So, so I think that's a great idea, everybody, to, to little simple things like that. Okay, we have one minute till our next break. One, another nugget? Sure, I'll give you another nugget. Happy to do that. Um, so what my uh, next book, uh, and by the way, once again, in that minute, there, there are ways of making money along the way. And again, having newsletters. Uh, nowadays, you can have blogs and newsletters. I charge for newsletters. Um, and as a matter of fact, one of the newsletters I put out, I did an opposite, which is one of the principles I teach. And that is instead of having a free newsletter, I decided why not have a really expensive one. So I had one that was $120,000 a year to subscribe and it did quite well. So that's kind of an interesting little twist as well. Mm-hmm. So don't be, I mean, put a value. I think what Dan's saying is put a value 
on your expertise, your word, your wisdom. We'll be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t r-a-d-i-o dot com Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is Dan Burris. Um, his website is Daniel Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com. And he is considered one of the world's leading technology forecasters and innovation experts. We're talking about your success, author success, publishing success. And if you listen closely, there are all kinds of tidbits and nuggets that he is throwing out um, from his really evolution of how he started publishing, then he went to a major New York publisher, and you're going to hear how he's transitioned again. So, Dan, what's next on our agenda? All right. Well, first of all, it's not Daniel Burris at Burris.com. Uh-oh. Just, it's just Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S.com. So that's it. There you go. And there's plenty of resources there if you want to check that out. So, um, uh, so that we can get to what I did with the latest book, let me give you the one before that, which was, uh, Flash Foresight. 
And the subtitle of Flash Foresight was How to See the Invisible and Do the Impossible. And uh, that one uh, was New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller, Amazon bestseller. But it's pretty unique in that I was number one on Amazon in every book category, number one of all books for over 30 days in a row. And that is not easy to do. So I beat out Harry Potter type books. So it was really pretty cool to do that. And, of course, that takes some thinking and some marketing and uh, and all of those kind of things. But, hey, it can be done. So that book did really well. Harper did well on that. And I think what I'm going to do be- to save time is to transition to the latest book and why I decided to not go to New York, because I think that is an important uh it, it is. It is. But I have a question um, sure. for you because I know a lot of people can say, oh, my God, he did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. How many people does he have working for him to help Me? him do that? Okay. Yeah, I got one. All right. And I and and I want you all to hear this really clearly. When you've got a plan and you've got your strategy, you become very myopic and you can be focused. You don't get distracted. You say, this is the path I'm going down. And if it's not in my path, get out of my way. I'm, I'm being blunt here, Dan. But yeah, I think well, you got to be focused. You got to yeah. do it. And and if you, you know, I think uh, almost everything is about mindset. And if you are thinking, uh, uh, if, if you got to be able to think bigger. So here's what I would suggest very quickly: think big about your publishing future, and then realize you just thought too small. Uh, you got to think bigger, and bigger actually can be easier. Um, you know, you, but you've got to have the big plan before you can do the bigger plan. So what I like to do is come up with my best ideas, come up with my best thing, and then look at how I can skip most of that and actually do something even better. And it's amazing what you can come up with. So we're all capable of doing far more than we think. The biggest limitation can be found by looking in the mirror in the morning. Uh, that would be an amen. I think for a lot of people. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So All let me right, talk about my, yeah. so yeah. here's the strategy for the latest book, anticipatory organization. And, um, with that, I decided, uh, I had already been a New York times, Wall Street Journal bestselling author. I'd already done well in China. I'd done well in Europe and Asia. I've already done really well. So, uh, and, we had now digital had come in really strong, as we all know. And I, I thought, you know, I don't know if the benefit of a Harper is going. It's actually more of a limitation at this point. Now, remember, I had already been a, a, a major publisher author. So that box has been checked. Now, if you've never checked that box, you may still want that box checked. But I had already checked that box, did it on a couple of books. So I need, no longer needed to do it again. Hey, I already did that. So uh, I decided instead with this book, I didn't want to self-publish. I wanted a publisher to publish it, but I needed to have control because one thing you give up with a major publisher is control. They get the book rights. They get the audiobook rights. They get the digital book rights. They get all the rights, and they squander them left and right. Every author will tell you that. So what I wanted to do is have control. So I looked, and I found a, a, a smaller publisher uh, in this case, it was Greenleaf. And what I did was, again, I negotiated. I leveraged what I had. And at that point, I uh, had already done really well with my other books. Um, and, oh, by the way, I uh, 
how did I get out of my deal with Harper? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Harper, or like any big publisher, they've got the right of refusal mm-hmm. for the next book, right? Yep. right? So instead of giving them the anticipatory organization as my next book, I gave them a different one as my next book that I knew they'd probably say no to because I'd want a big advance. So I got them to refuse it. Great. Then I could do, then I was free again. And so Dan, I, I, I did the same thing when I left. All right. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a way to do it. So anyway, I went to Greenleaf and just uh, said, look, I have built these things, uh, my platform up. And uh, by the way, I've got a very large social media platform. And um, uh, so like on LinkedIn, I've got 1.28 million followers. Now, when you hear that, you say, well, I could never do that. Uh, Wait a minute. Let me just stop and tell you all. I started out with one follower and then two, and then three. There's things you can do to make that happen or not. Anyone is capable of that. It isn't a special person. I actually worked at it. Now, I'm not going to get into that unless Judith wants to go that route, but let me stay back with the deal with uh, uh, Greenlee. And what I did is I said, well, look, uh, you get uh, you get it into Amazon, do all the things that you do, Greenleaf, get it in the bookstores, get it in all of the places you've got your team you do all of that that's all good and you get uh, a certain you know your normal percent off of all of that however what i'm going to do is i want to for all of my sales for my people i want to complete control i'm not giving you the audio rights i'm not giving you the digital rights i'm keeping all those myself and uh, i am actually keeping the publishing rights for my audiences and my own uses and uh, and I'll publish it through you if you give me the best price. But if you don't, hey, I'll go somewhere else and take it or leave it. And they took it. So basically, uh, if they if I want to sell the anticipatory organization, um, I can have now again, this is for my uses, for my audiences, for my marketing. I can either have them give me a really good price on publishing it per hardcover copy or and then if they can't get low enough, I can do it somewhere else. So I was able to get that price down extremely low. And here's what I did. And I'm going to let everybody in here experience this uh, because I want you to see how it works because it worked really good. I think I may be one of the first, if not the first author to do this. I decided to market the book. Uh, now, obviously, I love people to go to Amazon and buy it. Good. Great. But. Um, I decided to give away the hardcover copy for free and have people pay a few bucks for shipping. However, I would not make money on the shipping because everyone would know if you made shipping too expensive, that's what you're doing. And I didn't want to do that. So in other words, I'm taking a risk when you've got, uh, you know, 90,000 people on Twitter and over a million people on LinkedIn and you say you can have the hardcover copy for free, uh, you could be in trouble. So uh, what I had to do was build a sales funnel, and I'm going to get everyone in here to experience it because I'm going to give you all in here right now a free hardcover copy of the anticipatory organization. You're going to have to pay a couple bucks for shipping, but what you're going to do is see how the sales funnel works. And if you go to the following website link, T H E A O. B-O-O-K. In other words, the or the AOBook.com. 
uh, you can get that book. But you'll see how the funnel works. And by the way, I've sold an amazing number of books and made a lot of money giving the book away because that was my thinking. I can make more money by making it free than by trying to charge for it. So what happens and how the funnel works, I know we got three minutes left, so here's what we're going to do in that three minutes, Judith. It, the, funnel, the funnel works like this. Um, when you go in to buy the book, um, you are given an offer. And the offer is, uh, for a little bit more money, you can get the audio and the digital version of the book. Uh, by the way, I kept the rights to those, and that's free. It's digital. Well, uh, what do I have? Uh, 88% of the people do that. So now I'm actually making the money, a little money, but I'm making some money. Before they leave, I give them one more offer. You don't want to give them too many, in my opinion. And the next offer is, for a little bit more money, you can get my newsletter, and you can get it, which I do charge for, and you can buy on Amazon. And I'll give you a digital copy of my Know What's Next magazine. And uh, and that Know What's Next magazine, again, you can buy that, but there you go. So what happened? Hey, I'm now making money, and then a couple weeks later, we'll follow up to get you into my learning system and other things. All right. I think we might be out of time. We'll come back on this after the break, probably. Yeah. Well, we have a couple minutes here, but but what you're doing is what you're doing is one. It's it's you're building a top of a drip system a little bit. You get to this. You do this. This. You're giving them stuff. You're building relationship. You're adding in the trust factor, and the hooks there. So he's, you know, it's like fishing. You throw out the line and you start reeling them in a little bit at a time, little bit. Um, and then with whichever it is, whether they read the book first, first, um, or they jump into the other areas. As you know, Dan, some people are audio, some people are e-people, some people want the print. Um, so they're really kind of having all those options, which is very cool. And yeah. I think that's brilliant that you were able to negotiate with Greenleaf to, you just take care of this side of it and I get to have all this other stuff. And then, and then you can really work that, uh, to make your, to make the money that you'd like to make. So. Yeah. And Greenleaf did really well on their end. Uh, bookstores were reordering and all of the uh, airport library, you know, the airport mm-hmm. bookstores did all these reordering. That was all through Greenleaf. So they did extremely well. I just let them hear it. You take it kind of like with what I did with Kendall Hunt. You do mm-hmm. your thing. I'll do mine. And I'll do my thing. And, and I think authors, that's what you need to understand. You need to know what your thing is. What are you really good at? And that's what you're going to focus and expand. We're going to be right back. We have one more segment with Dan Burris. It's Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing. And so must you. 
You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. It's our final segment with me is Dan Burris. He is a multi, multi New York Times bestselling author. He is innovative. He is a state of the art kind of guy. He is ahead of the curve and has always done things differently um, from the get go, from his publishing back in the early 80s when he started, which started his success train. Um, he just did the last segment, if you tuned in or you're tuning in midway or wherever you are, but if you go to the A-O book, the T-H-E-A-O-B-O-O-K dot com, you're going to get a free copy of his hardcover of his latest book, The Anticipatory Organization, Turn Change and Disruption into Opportunity Advantage, and then you're going to get a author's life lesson on how you follow up and create the sales funnel with that. So, Dan, take over now. All right. So the power of setting up a sales funnel with a book is quite amazing. First of all, we, you, however many followers you might have on social media, you can't get a hold of them. And if you post something, it's not they're going to read it. You haven't got a relationship other than if they happen to tune into you. By setting up a funnel, I can bring people in too. And by giving them, in this case, a hardcover copy of the book, I can end up giving them, uh, get it knowing who they are. In other words, hey, I got the credit card because, and I have their contact information. Now they're a customer because I need that in order to ship them the book, even though I'm only charging them a couple bucks for the book. But remember, most of them do want the audio and the digital will pay more. Most of them will want the Know What's Next newsletter and the other thing, or a magazine and the other thing, and they'll pay more. And then I give them about uh, a week and a half, two weeks to get the book, read the book, get into it a little bit, and then we hit them with some more things that we have, like our anticipatory organization learning system and so on. Now, here's the power of this. When I do a radio interview, um, now, and if you have never done that, I'm sure you will want to do that, or you do a blog thing like we're doing right now. Uh, think of a radio drive interview. I don't know if those people are going to go to Amazon and buy the book. I don't know if they're going to go into a bookstore and buy the book. I don't even know who these people are. So here's what I've been doing. I've been able to say, look, I believe that you'll love this book so much. I'm going to give you 
a hardcover copy of it. All you got to do is pay a few bucks for shipping. Go to theaobook.com. I'll give it to you. And the radio host said, wow, no one's ever given us a real hardcover copy of a book before. Wow, we'll put that on our websites. And now I got all these people listening to me becoming customers because they all want the free book. And now they're going to buy more stuff from me. And now I know who they are and I can market to them. When I'm giving a speech, if a meeting planner is not going to buy books for everybody, I say, well, are you going to let me give them a hardcover copy? And they say, sure. So I do that to the audience. I got to, let's, let's say, a couple thousand people in the audience. Well, now what happens? They become customers. So now I end up with relationships, customer bases, and uh, it changes the whole thing. The key is being good and smart about how you negotiate your agreements. Way back in the Technotrends days in the early uh, 90s when I was working with Harper for the first time, um, they wanted all rights, and I kept the digital rights. I said, uh, you don't even know how to do anything with digital yet. Yeah, you're not going to pursue that. What are you going to do? And they didn't have a clue. And I said, that's why you're not getting it. Uh, I said, if, you're, if you have a concept about it, maybe we can talk about that. Well, look at the things you're doing now. Make sure you question it. Uh, you have more power in negotiation than you think. You're not helpless. And as Judith said, get help, get some coaching. There's a lot of people that can help you, and Judith is one of them. She's a master at this. Gee, thank you. <laughs> but but people do need to get help. There are some things that they're going to hiccups, that it is an overwhelm. I think, you know, Dan, one of the, stri- the challenges I think a lot of authors are doing um, especially newbie authors, is they, they don't want to think about anything else but writing their book. And they don't realize that the day you start writing is the day you start marketing. And that now, and you've got to start getting your infrastructure in place. And they want to wait until the book is done and they have it, and they're already behind the eight ball. They Absolutely. That's my opinion. I want, I want everybody to remember and, rem- and write down what she just said. You need to be working on your marketing strategy and getting your ducks in a row as you start writing the book. you got to have the plan. You know, let's go back to what I said before. Failing to plan is planning to fail. So you need to have the marketing and it's the whole thing. As a matter of fact, a book proposal is actually a marketing proposal. Uh, so, you know, you've got to have that together. Now, one thing I wanted to do is make sure we don't run out of time for me to talk about how in the world that I get over a million followers on LinkedIn and, you know, 90,000 or whatever it is on Twitter and so on. How did I get there? Because remember, you start with one, then there's two, then there's four. So here's here's what I suggest you do, and I did it on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'll use them as since that's my biggest platform. I focused on them first. The reason I focused on LinkedIn, this is back in uh, – I think uh, 2008 or nine, something like that, when I started really doing blogs, because uh, before that I was just doing more articles. And I thought uh, LinkedIn is the biggest social media platform for business, and business is my market. Now, you got to understand where your market is. I knew what my market was, so I'm going to focus on LinkedIn and do the other ones in a smaller way. Mm-hmm. So uh, when So I decided I needed a plan. And I'm going to let everyone know a little secret here. I uh, we're, Writing is not that much fun for me. It's more work. I'm good at it, but, you know, it's kind of a job for me. I'd rather give a speech than write a book. 
And um, and my speeches are all unique and different. Uh, I would get bored if I gave the same speech all the time. But see, that's my gift. I'm easy at that. So um, work, it's work to write. So it was, I set myself up with a challenge that I met back in 2000, I think, nine on LinkedIn. I said, and this was painful, but I did it. I'm going to write and publish one blog. No, I made it two a week. Two a week. And I'm not going to just do it on LinkedIn. I'm going to do it on Facebook. I'm going to do it on Twitter. I'm going to do it on all platforms. Two a week. And by the way, that was tough. That was tough. By the way, I did that up until 2018. So I did that for like 10 years. And then I backed it to down to just one a week, which I do now. Um, and and uh, it was painful. But here, instead of just pumping out written blogs, which most of us do, if we write blogs, we just write one, then write the next one, write the next one. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to learn from these blogs. So when I would post one, I would take a look after three or four days how many people read it and how many how many comments did I get underneath it and what kind of comments did I get because I wanted to be learning from these things. So one article I would or blog I would publish, I might have uh, 300 readers. Another one, I might have 3,000 readers. And by the way, I had some where I had 200, over 200,000 readers in the first week. Now, here's the point. I thought all of them were good. Obviously, they didn't. So why? Well, if I don't know that, I'm not going to grow my audience. So I started studying what's the difference between the ones that have big readerships and small readerships. And I found, of course, that the title made a difference. The first paragraph made a difference. But instead of just saying the title makes a difference, how, how do you do it then? What part of the title how do you change the title to make it work what works and what doesn't and by the way that's called experimentation and when you write two a week you start learning fast if i was writing one some month i'd be learning slow i decided to learn fast because i wanted to succeed faster so by publishing two a week and learning from each one and changing and modifying and getting better and better I ended up with, uh, you know, just short right now, 1.3 million followers, I think, on LinkedIn. I think I'm in the top 30 in the world. But more importantly, what else have I been able to do? Uh, since 2009, uh, I've been able to uh, make at least uh, mid-six figures a year off of just LinkedIn every year for over 10 years or actually 12 years. Uh, I've been able to make a lot of money off of Twitter. How much, how many of us are making money on Twitter? So the key is instead of just having followers, how do we bring those followers in? So if we don't ever think of that, oh, you can't make money on social media. You know what? You won't try. But if you realize actually you can and you can do it by giving value, uh, wow. So I would like to change your thinking about this and realize these are money-making platforms. And if you want to really do well with your book, you should start blogging and writing a lot more right now. I think blogging is really important. And one of the beauties of LinkedIn, as you know, Dan, is that you can just easily copy and paste that baby and then and drop it into your publishing site uh, right on that home page as a post. Yeah, uh, and push it out that way. Now you have on your LinkedIn thing; it, it has followers. And there's—is is there a um, 
an app that has to be dropped in to get that little image where it says followers that'll show the followers on it. Because these well, are the there, followers uh, are different from contacts, or am yeah, I wrong? They are. Uh, there, there is a difference. Back uh, somewhere about uh, seven years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, LinkedIn started doing something new, and they created uh, a uh, a special invitational. They invited, I think, 150 people to be part of their influencers, their global influencers. And uh, they were, you know, Bill Gates was in there and, uh, you know, all these big names. And and because I had already done so much writing on LinkedIn, they invited me in there. Mm-hmm. So I became one of the global influencers, which is uh, how you uh, you can follow me on that uh, on that platform. Now, there were only only 150 at first. Then they expanded it to more and more. And then several years ago, LinkedIn said, you know, we're going to let everybody write articles instead of just these global followers. And that's what Judith was just talking about. So they opened it up so that anybody could publish on LinkedIn and be found and be read and be shared. So uh, that opened it up to everyone. Now, the global influencers is still there, and that's where I have that large uh, following and if you uh, uh, go to uh, you know influencers global influencers uh, you know within LinkedIn you can find it but uh, but the point is I got in there in the first place because I was writing a lot so a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step take the step so take the step and if and if you're confused a little bit because it's different from contacts you know as, as Dan said it's, it's not how many contacts you have I have like 14,000 contacts but I'm interested in getting that little follower thing I think that's cool and how to build that up so um, that's something you might want to work on and now that it's open to everybody heck why not Dan Burris you're fabulous 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 thank you for thank being you. our guest for the hour um, and that what we'll do is everyone make sure you go to theaobook.com, grab your free copy and see how a real pro has expanded what he does beyond anything you would imagine. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And don't forget to go to burris.com. At burris.com also. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week.